mm. that that they have quite profound responses to music, not just um, a flight response or yeah. an irritation response. I've never tried it with my pets. Um, maybe any yeah, listeners should try it with their pets, different genres yeah. of music and see if your pets react. But Yeah, mm. that would be cool. Yeah. about ferrets and other exotic pets. Today I'm talking with a guy about the archaeology of the mind book which is about animals having emotions or all mammals having emotions rather. So let's dive in. Hi, um, I'm Nairi and I host Stolen Our Hearts podcast. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, yes, sure. Um, I'm Kilian from Germany. Uh, I'm studying psychology in uh, Nijmegen in Holland at the moment. Hmm. And yeah, I saw you making a podcast about animals and I always think that's a great cause. So <laughs> I thought maybe I'll just have a go at it yeah sure and you were saying that you would like to start your own podcast at some point soon um yes that's something that many people and friends have suggested to me that mm. they wanted to do one with me or what topics do you do think it. what topics do you think you'd do um yeah that's that's a little bit <laughs> um tricky because i think of myself more as a generalist than a um specialist and I am interested in many things, but I'm not a specialist in any things. <clears throat> so it would be quite a, a random a random thing. But animals mm. would definitely feature, I think. <laughs> um, do you have any pets? Uh, not at the moment. It's a study, yeah. Yes, but <laughs> uh, I used to have uh, cats. And there's also a cat living in this house. Okay. <laughs> But uh, may I ask you something? Or? Sure. Um, I was wondering, you're doing a podcast about the ferrets, right? Mm -hmm. And yes. I was just wondering, oftentimes with different pet species, you, you find some uh, idiosyncrasies or some things that are very specific to their character. Um, mm -hmm. would you, could you say what, what it is that is so... <laughs> so great about ferrets as opposed to say cats or dogs um i don't choose ferrets over other animals as such i just really like them <laughs> um mm -hmm. so i'm not saying that ferrets are better than cats and dogs i have a dog um it's mm -hmm. just I, I i really like i just really like them <laughs> they're just so mm -hmm. tiny and funny and naughty and um they just do really cute things. Um, <laughs> it's mm -hmm. kind of hard to explain um, unless I guess you've had one. <laughs> but they just sort oh, of yeah. capture capture your interest somehow and get inside you. <laughs> just mm -hmm. end up loving them. Mm. They're just yeah. fun little guys. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's cool. Um yeah, I was just thinking that I can observe sometimes in different pet species that they are a little different in, in character, like a cat's, I mean, it's a little bit of a cliche, probably, mm. but they really are a little um, selfish and a little, <laughs> um, yeah, uncaring, if you like, but they still... Depends on the cat. I've met some very caring cats, but... Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Um, it was one that... Um, it was a stray cat, but it would go jogging with my ex-boyfriend. Like he'd go out for a jog and the cat would come with him. Like, mm -hmm. and he could call it from across the, um, it was a sort of a bush area. So he could call um, the cat and it would come running and they'd go for a run together and seemed oh, to really yeah, care wow. about him. Mm. 
bit of a yeah. strange one, but it's a very good cat. We just called it cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <all right. laughs> um, ferrets do some funny things, though. They like stealing things a lot. That is a very true stereotype. Um, yeah. That the thieves, I mean, the whole word ferret is comes from the Latin ferritus, which means little thief. So, oh, okay. um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very true. <laughs> <laughs> And they get into everything and they're just so curious and um, they love each other so much. It's really sweet. Mm. Yeah, I, when you say curious, um, I think I told you maybe we could talk a little bit about, about a certain book. Yes, um, please. Uh, yeah, I'm not uh, an expert on the, on the issue it, itself, but it now that you mentioned curiosity um there is a book by uh, Jak Pangsep he's called he's a very renowned uh, neuro researcher I think mm-hmm. and he wrote several books and one of them is uh, called archaeology of mind <clears throat> and curiosity is he defines <coughs> as like one of I think 11 basic emotions oh. that he thinks um all mammals share and um, they are also, uh, he says, consciously experienced by animals, which I think was in debate for a long, long time. Hmm. But I found that, yeah. Well, um, did he say how he knows this? Like, what um, proof yes, does he, he have? Uh, he has uh, a whole, well, it's a whole theory, I think. Um, that it's, uh, I think one of the, the quotes I remember from him is uh, that uh, cognition is a function of emotion. And he has this sort of uh, bottom-up approach in terms of uh, neuro, uh, neurology and uh, neurophysiology mm-hmm. that really the, the outer layer is like the, um, the cerebral uh, cortex, the neocortex are sort of um, not as important as we might think. So they are more um, translating the uh, impulses and the impetus that that comes from from below, from subcortical areas, translating those to a very complex environment that we happen to to live in. But it's not um, sort of necessary, it's not a necessary condition for um, beings to experience uh, emotions and Mm. experience them consciously and intensely. Hmm. Um, I did a little bit of Googling before this and it says that even crustaceans have got emotions. So I don't know if they've got all 11 emotions, but yes. Um, that was a bit of a surprise to me. Like when I think about animals having emotions, I mean, it's pretty obvious that some of them do, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, dogs and cats, for example, are very obvious and we're used to understanding their emotions. Um, But with the smaller animals, it's, or I guess um, farm animals and things, you don't really think about them so much because they're not living with you. Yeah. So yeah, but ferrets so definitely too. do. <laughs> ferrets definitely have emotions. They're well yeah. known for um, having a lot of grief if one of their family members dies oh, yeah. um, or if they're separated. Um, so they get so depressed that they won't eat or drink and they won't play and they're just really sad. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so also curiosity. Um, joy is definitely something that you can see them experience boredom mm. what are what yeah. are the 11 emotions let me just check that oh <laughs> remember should we go through okay so by heart no that's right so sadness i guess happiness boredom joy i don't know i'm just making stuff up <laughs> yeah lust is definitely definitely one of oh yeah mm-hmm. and love um, i think would be one yeah, um, I would have to look the exact list up. Mm. Um, well, but, a benefit of not being on 
camera right now because I can Google that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are the 11 emotions? Uh, okay. It's good now, that I'm not on camera because I'm in my pajamas. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's just how Punksep defines this. It's not a, a, a general um, concept that everybody would accept. But mm. that's, his, yeah, that's his view. I think what's also, um, I think he, he, he um, said something about uh, small chicks, like um, of chickens, the, the little, I don't know how to say it in English. Um, the, yeah, baby chickens or chicks, yeah. Yeah. And you would also probably assume, or people would assume that, that um, birds are probably not as complex in their emotional life, but they... Mm. Even the small chicks have a comfort response if you close your hand around them. So they close their eyes and you can measure in all kinds of ways, I think, mm. that they have this response. <clears throat> and yeah, I'm thinking that's, that's really amazing because if you go back in, in history or science history, there's, there are many scientists, I think, that have argued that animals and mammals don't really have emotions. And mm. the expressions <clears throat> of those emotions are more like um, functional. So um, for example, if we experience disgust, we um, pull up our, uh, our upper lip, like our, mm -hmm. there are certain muscles that we pull up, <clears throat> but that has also a function, like you close off your, your your nose so you don't get any um, mm -hmm. intoxicated or, or something. Mm -hmm. So that's what they would have argued that these alleged emotions in animals are only sort of mimicking our emotions. But, Reactions. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I have definitely heard some things in the, um, in the past that say that um, dogs and possibly cats do things because it gets a reaction out of us. So like they'll look okay. ashamed, for example, because yeah. they're afraid of us and like of us getting cross with them. So, um, mm -hmm. I mean, fear is an emotion, but like that they're not actually ashamed. It's just us putting our feelings onto them. Um, but I'd like to see some proof that shows that that's not true because I think that, um, yeah. Like they you do have quite a lot it, of emotion. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she, also, a dog definitely feels sadness and um, worry and things like that. So. Yeah, I have the feeling too. And it's almost undeniable, I think, especially now that these viral videos on YouTube are, are coming <laughs> out, which are like amazing. Um, I don't think it's, it's really rational to argue against against that anymore uh, which viral videos I, are you talking about uh, just in general the uh, um the collections of um video clips of people filming their dogs and having mm. all kinds of um complex reactions funny reactions to mm. behavior of their their owners so mm. um have you seen that dog oh, there's a um a few of them now that have been taught to press buttons to express words. So, um, orangutans. Yeah, orangutans I've heard can do that, or they can learn sign language. Gorillas mm -hmm. can learn sign language anyway. But um, they're using buttons that people use when someone is nonverbal. And um, so they're teaching the dogs like all these things. And some of the dogs okay. are clearly asking for things for their cat friend. It's like, oh. I think that's pretty impressive. Like they're asking yeah. for the cat to have a treat as well. And that yeah, kind that's of thing. another level. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know. That. Yeah. No. So it's not just pressing a button to go outside or wanting food. They're actually yeah. thinking about others and expressing that. I mean, yeah. It's like cat amazing. friend treat fridge or something like that mm -hmm. is what they're saying. So, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I also find it impressive that that not everything they do has like a direct purpose. Like in, I had a course in evolutionary psychology and mm -hmm. there you learn that 
everything we do has is either done uh, is done to one of two ends either to uh, for reproduction or for survival mm. and but it's amazing to see that animals don't do things at least in a direct sense just mm. to achieve these ends but they can also um, do things just for their own sake or just yeah for fun yeah yeah I think fun is the thing that um, messes up that whole argument because it's clear that animals and people do things just for fun that isn't particularly to do with survival or yeah. reproduction. So, hmm. Yeah, I think probably if you want to be very um, strict about it, some scientists would probably say that I think now that you say you said play, um, play was one of the eleven emotions, or mm. in, in a broader sense. And of course, you can say that's pre preparation for for a fight later on, or for mm. or um, for adulthood. But, yeah. But um, then again, not all forms of play are suited to this um, to prepare animals for 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 fighting. I think so. Yeah, it's it's mm. a complex issue. Yeah, and what I'm finding interesting too is that he says all mammals have these emotions. I mean, that's a very broad yeah. thing to say. Um, yeah. yeah, even about koalas, or ones that are a little bit oh. uh, less complex. Yeah, koalas are really not intelligent. No. <laughs> um, but I guess, mm, I guess that have senses to do with their babies at least like anyone could see that yeah. they have protective feelings and probably love yeah. feelings but I don't know about the rest for them to be honest I guess yeah hmm. no me neither but I I also have have a problem with the idea that things necessarily have to be very complex in order to be valuable you know i think mm -hmm. there's a philosopher peter singer he's called he thinks you can i only know this broadly but mm -hmm. he i think he thinks that you can ascribe <clears throat> ascribe a certain value to a certain being based off of the complexity of their brain basically <clears throat> or of their yeah okay. mental life but uh, um I don't know if I'm doing injustice to him there. He's a very complex mind. But I'm just thinking that um, that doesn't really work to, to say the more complex you are, the more valuable you are. Because there's a lot of no. and amazing. It's amazing to me that um, when dogs are obviously all very often naive about things, Mm -hmm. And it's it's just that naivete that that is so endearing about them. So that <laughs> um, they're not cluttered with um, ulterior motives or with complex thoughts, but they're they're more pure in a way. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was thinking. <clears throat> yeah, um, I think I find that endearing about ferrets as well. They're very yeah. um, they're just so trusting. Like they do this thing where they'll just jump off things and assume they're going to be okay it's okay like they don't think about it they're just they're like well I've always been okay before so it's like because mm -hmm. I've caught you before like um mm -hmm. yeah and I quite like that about them that they're just so innocent and yeah they just trust that everything's going to be fine <laughs> yeah I bet that that's something that many people find um, or there's many, yeah. I bet mm. that's a, that's a huge factor. Like for me, at least, it's it's so relieving to to have some sort of presence that is not uh, hard to judge, uh, or <laughs> that is not, um, yeah, mm. difficult. And you always have to worry about every sentence you say and what mm. that might. So. There's something unconditional about them, I think. Yeah, and you can just spend time and play with them and they're just happy to be with you. So that feels really yeah. good too. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. I um, had a pet rat growing up and another thing about pet emo or animal emotions that I've heard about 
in the past few years is experiments on rats to see if they've got empathy. Have you seen those? Um, no, I don't think so. Well, I'm probably not doing this justice either, but what they did was they had a rat in a, in like a teeny tiny, very tiny tube and another rat and they had done experiments where um, the rat could release the other rat mm -hmm. um, or the rat could just escape and always release the other rat and okay. uh, to let it out from a situation that looked uncomfortable um, and also did things like saving food for the other rat if um even oh. if it was a special treat like chocolate or something um mm -hmm. so that the other rat could have it when it was released and yeah that's amazing yeah it did they did lots of different things to do with rats and empathy so and also that mm -hmm. they did this thing with microphones where they tickled rats and apparently rats laugh yeah um, yeah just you I can't hear that. it because it's very high-pitched so mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also in the book of Bio so Concept, by the way. Oh great. He's tickling the rats and yeah, that's there's mm. a photo of him. So and good. also that that experiment, I think there's something similar with uh, bonobo apes. Mm. Um, they also open the door to let other people uh, people, other apes uh, access the food source they could otherwise have had for their own mm. and those kinds of things. <clears throat> But with rats, it's more surprising, I think. Yeah. I mean, you sort of assume that the smaller brain that they have, the less empathy that they'd have, like the less society. But rat society seems extremely well organised. Like if you get a big group of rats and put them together, they have like hierarchies and um, they work together to do things. It's very – and they all cuddle. <laughs> it's um, very yeah. – yeah, I wonder what yeah, the I difference with mice is, though. Mice no, me neither. Oh. Don't know. Maybe but, someone can tell us. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm scared that some <laughs> psychology professor will call in and say it's all wrong what I'm saying. But <laughs> well, then he know. can have an episode too, so that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I think one thing I I heard in a documentary was that empathy has also to do with um, the pressures around the species, like I think mm. there's some them. I don't know if they were in macaques, you know, the apes. I'm not sure, but there's a, a, a kind of ape that um, lives in its surroundings where there's fruit everywhere, and they mm -hmm. they are uh, they don't have any any um, scarcity, mm -hmm. and you can see that when they, they when they found a dead animal, I think. A bat or something. You could see them patting the dead animal, even if it wasn't on mm -hmm. their own species. And wow. the narrators assumed that this has to do with the fact that they evolved or they live in this kind of environment. So that seems to be a factor as well. Maybe. Hmm. See, if it was me, I might have assumed that they were feeling the bat because it's an interesting texture but i guess i don't yeah. know the full picture so hmm. yeah you never i mean that's but i find that a little bit um horrible some some people always try to re do or are a lot into reductionism and try to reduce everything to to the most basic things like and then you end up with with people like i think descartes Mm -hmm. um, he also said cogito ergo sum, right? He, he also put cognition into the center of what makes a human or what makes a being. Mm. And he, I think he also supported vivisection, like uh, um, a horrible yeah. thing to do. But that has to do with his, uh, his belief that they didn't matter. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, when I say I assume that the the monkey is patting the bat because of texture. It's more like that's an interesting thing that they're doing and I'd like to find out what it is that they're actually doing. Like I'd love to see studies on it like because mm -hmm. there are two options there. So, I mean, there probably are studies on it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I wish I knew more about it, but it's, um, 
Yeah. I don't know. Um, do you know books about it that are, are good? No, I'm sorry, I don't. Um, no. I haven't really focused on generalized animal things. I really like animals. Um, mm. So I just sort of absorb information, um, but I don't have any particular books about it. I just okay. read what I can find and then I forget where I got it from. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, I've written down a little bit about um, what one could do to enhance uh, uh, or to get animal or pet welfare, animal welfare into mm. the public eye. Oh, yes. Maybe we can talk a little about that or I don't yes, know what, what is the time. I don't know. Oh, no, it's fine. We've had half an hour. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. I don't know how to start off with this. It's do you okay. know Ricky Gervais? Do yes, you know I do. Mm -hmm. Comedian. I'm a huge fan of him. <laughs> and I um, I noticed that I had this discussion in psychology class once that his approach to, to um, directing your uh, gaze tool and what is happening with animals and how they should not go through this and how we can easily help them by i don't know going vegan or helping shelter dogs or stray dogs mm -hmm. his approach is i think very effective yeah. and he's um, always posting photos on on twitter and and writing things to the effect that that dogs are magical and they are they can give you something basically that people cannot give you mm -hmm. they are not just second rate people <clears throat> and i found this at least on my psyche that had a much more profound effect than the as much as i appreciate the campaigns by pizza for pizza for example which is amazing what they do but but it's also the videos and photos they post are so aggressively horrible that oh, yeah. <laughs> I think people tend to shut down and say the world is horrible but I have to get on with it and I don't think it works actually what do you think um yeah I think humans like seeing the benefit to themselves um so things like you won't be able to experience this beautiful rainforest with all the animals in it if you chop down the rainforest it is yeah. more effective because they've got the fear of missing out rather than like showing, I don't know, orangutans being injured in the palm oil yeah. business. Um, yeah. I, I do like to think that humans should <laughs> react more to um, hopeful things, but that mm. obviously doesn't always work, but um I don't know what I'm saying here. Um, yeah, I, I don't like um, Peter at all. I think that's what they do is horrible. Um, yeah. I'm not, I, I'm not, I, I don't know what they do. Oh, it's things like you have to look it up for yourself, and I'm not trying to start any arguments with anyone. I agree with their general message that animals should be better looked after, but they've done things like putting down shelter animals because you know, they shouldn't be in captivity, that kind of thing. It's like, okay. what? <laughs> um, yeah, it's strangely, strangely radical. Yeah. yeah, it's like they don't want people to have pets because um, animals shouldn't be in captivity. So it's like. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, they're just that, I would say, militant about it. Yeah. Rather exactly. than um, they, they get quite aggressive with it. Um, Mm. yeah i'm not a fan so yeah I can <laughs> please don't come that. at me peter with your red paint they they apparently come and splash meat eaters with oh. red paint so yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's not a good way to do it no no it's a shame not really yeah. as a concept it was a good one but i think it's gone overboard yeah that's yeah. possible but other, a... other groups are good many other groups out there yeah do you have a favorite um, I particularly like just the small organizations out there that are 
sort of grassroots, I guess, um, mm. just for the local community. I think that's the most effective because they see the animals um, and their needs rather than being a big corporation where they might have lost touch. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there are also um, farm sanctuaries, like very sweet. Um, but it's just um. Oh gosh, sorry. For Someone's just setting off fireworks for some reason. Oh, it's Chinese New Year. Okay, that would explain it. <laughs> and so my dog's not barking. Sorry about that. No problem. Freya, Freya, it's okay. Um, Freya, it's all right. Good girl. Mm, well, there's a warning response. <laughs> mm. Sorry, what were you we saying? Groups? Of... Um, yeah, there are farm sanctuaries. Um, uh, I don't know how, how they were called, but they are basically places for, for farm animals where they, they get um, shelter and they can have the rest of their life in a... Um, yeah, in a meaning or in a, what's the word? In a way that's dignified, they can live there. Mm -hmm. That that was cool, I think. Um, I actually just interviewed a lady who runs a farm sanctuary here. So, oh wow, yeah. Yeah, she has some very interesting experiences. So I highly suggest you listen to that episode about her and how she sees animal societies that other people yeah, don't sure. get to see because. People don't just put horses in a paddock and let them run around. They put them in barns and things, so it messes up their mm -hmm. animal society that they've got. So, yeah, she's yeah. very, um, very interesting views that she gets to see. Hmm. Yeah, I can look that up. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and what I also wrote down is something called the baby fact. Uh, do you know the film Babe? No. Like it's a classic film from the 90s about a little... Pig. Oh, Babe, yes. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I used to... I, I watched this with a friend of mine <clears throat> via WhatsApp mm -hmm. in Corona time, so we did that <laughs> for fun. And he Googled it and he said there was actually something called the baby fact because when this movie came out um i think people stopped um, eating pigs yeah in america <laughs> that was sort of statistically they could uh see that that, yeah. that had a huge effect so. i think it probably has affected um quite a lot of things like finding nemo probably affected quite a lot of fishing and pet fish yeah. care <laughs> mm. yes and also um celebrities like i Joaquin Phoenix, I think, is one actor mm -hmm. who's also kind of charismatic, um, cool guy, mainstream guy, who who has a very um, powerful voice. And he doesn't eat fish even. He said he saw fish being caught when he was a kid, and you could see that they don't want to get eaten, and he, mm -hmm. he doesn't understand that anyone would do that. So that I found also impressive. Hmm. What I'd like to see um, is ferrets being represented in the media some more yeah. because they almost never are. And when they are, it's like either a joke or um, they're portrayed as being very vicious. So um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen um, um, The Life of Pets um it's yeah. like okay it's a kids movie it's um and I work with kids so I see a lot of the movies okay. um it's like what dogs and cats and rabbits and things do when the humans are out of the room so oh yeah it's all the silly things and in one scene like you see a hamster you see rabbits you see a fish and a turtle I think and cats and dogs and you don't see any ferrets until they the characters get into the sewers and then there's crocodiles and ferrets i was like what that's so mean <laughs> like uh, they they were put together I didn't know uh, like that. Did I, I 
what I'm um they're in the sewers with all the animals that got thrown away okay by the people and so there's vicious looking animals and ferrets are one of them okay and I'm just like oh no <laughs> like that's the yeah. only portrayal of a ferret is them in a sewer looking really evil and you only see yeah, them for a split second too it's a bit it's a shame yeah and um, yeah we have these biases right we have um yeah. I noticed that also with with um like I was I was talking about it with with my friend too that we somehow assume that it's more okay to to eat pigs than it is to like people in Southeast Asia do like eating um, pets that that we would never eat mm-hmm. and somehow we have this bias that they are of a sort sort of a different quality or something when of mm. course um the pigs are very um intelligent emotional intelligent yeah i um, think i think that has to do with our distance away from farm animals nowadays mm-hmm. like as a society we don't uh, in the olden days you'd live in a village and you'd have your pig living in the barn next to you and yeah. you personally had to kill that pig to eat it um mm-hmm. and there also weren't other options so much either um and now yeah. the, the pigs are all out in the farm and most of those farms are pretty darn horrible um yeah and they're doing the mass farming with like in bulk where they get no life quality and yeah so we are not as aware of what we're eating like people don't think about it at all and mm. so I guess people are eating too much meat and also not thinking about it at all. And I'm not a vegetarian, but mm. I don't like how animals are treated in farms. So, um, yeah. Yeah. But so with the dogs and things, like we live alongside the dogs and they are our companion animals. So for us, it's taboo to eat them. But if you've always had them as a, animal to eat that would be like the pig in the olden days where it's just a yeah. animal to eat so yeah that's not, not nothing profound i'm saying that it's just <laughs> um yeah, it makes sense to me though yeah yeah so it's okay for them to eat dogs just like it's not okay for people in india to eat cows so yeah mm, that i'm still very disturbed seeing the photos of the dog markets and things that's Oh yeah, oh, they're horrible Ugh. stories. Uh, yeah, I don't even want to bring it up because it no. would, I think it would bring down down the tone too much of the yes. Okay, uh, let's stop talking about that. Unspeakable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> That's all I've written down, actually. That's okay. Um, I saw a thing that said mammals respond to music. Um, oh yeah. So that's another yes, interesting thing. I'm I not, can, I know the, oh, not mammals, but um, birds like responding to music quite a lot, like parrots and things yeah. do. I think parrots should yeah. be in that group of, I mean, they're not mammals, but in the same group that they also have emotions. Yeah, so. they too. <laughs> they're also amazing video clips. Yeah, and with regard to music, um, I also found that, um, there are, I think they, they played classical music, Mozart, they played mm. two, two rats <laughs> um, in, in a quite a horrible environment where they were oh. tested for in a lab environment. But they saw that, or at least that's the intervention now, that what they are doing, they are playing this to, to them that in order for them to, if you can say that, to alleviate their suffering, but the idea is that they they have all kinds of um, positive responses uh, physiologically, and if you want to say it like that, also psychologically, and it does increase their their well being. And I find that amazing too, because it's generally assumed that that music is has evolved as a sort of an, an adjunct to language that is mm. very intimately intertwined with 
with language. But it seems like, at least in the passive aspects, like enjoyment or mm. that, that they have quite profound responses to music, not just um, a flight response or yeah. an irritation response. <laughs> I've never tried it with my pets. Um, maybe any yeah, listeners should try it with their pets. Different genres yeah. of music and see if your pets react. But Yeah, mm. that would be cool. Yeah, on the rat side of things with the experimentation, I saw a thing which was um, that rats, uh, scientists who test with rats are asking rat owners now how to provide a proper setup for the rats so they're actually living in a good environment. Mm. Um, and I think that's very positive. Like they can still be experimented on and live in a nice place. Like wine, mm-hmm. like especially if the experiments aren't painful. Like yeah, that seems good. <laughs> mm. Yeah, the, the, that they yeah that they're making their lives pleasant as much as possible. Yes. So that's good. Mm. Yeah, I think so too. It's a very very difficult um, thing to judge whether it's good or bad in terms of the the animal testing Uh, it's too complex to me to really make a judgment on that it's a huge ethical issue there like you have to decide for yourself yeah maybe maybe one last aspect I, I think it's interesting that because we talked about how similar some animals potentially are to us. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of research on trauma in humans is, is on post-traumatic stress is based on uh, experiments with, with rats. Like there's mm. the concept called learned helplessness, I think, that, that mm-hmm. is evolved out of that. Wow. And there's also the idea that um, I think rats have been given shocks and electroshocks mm. and they found out that the fact that when these shocks were unpredictable to the animal, then the trauma, if you like, I think they're, they're shaking and are mm. not moving after some time. The trauma is uh, can be correlated with the degree of unpredictability it's mm-hmm. not so much, and we can also see that in humans, I think that yeah, definitely. it's not so much the intensity of the pain that you experience, which predicts your, tra- your trauma afterwards, but it's more this irregular pattern that you cannot um, you safely yeah. navigate through your environment. You never know when something will hit you. Mm-hmm. And that made so much sense to me. And obviously then rats are quite, similar in that way right mm. yeah if they can have trauma responses they must be very yeah. similar mm. and I mean you you know obviously about like dogs and other pets having horrible past experiences and then reacting in the present yes. moment about it like we had one ferret who hated men because we assume he was abused by a man so oh and sorry it's men who are tall and who smoke that's who we didn't like Okay. Mm. So you would get bitten very hard if, yeah. if he was around, if someone like that was around. Yeah, yeah, strangely enough, I also noticed that I used to think that, that's a little bit off topic, but I that's used right. to think that 50% of dogs liked me and 50% didn't. Oh. But I later um, found out that really I 50% of the time I wore a hat and 50% of the time I didn't. Did the hat so, scare them? Yeah. For oh. some reason, dogs seem, don't seem to like that. And then they don't like the whole person. And as a result. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's sad. But that could be useful for someone. Like, stop wearing a hat. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. I wonder how they're going with all this mask wearing at the moment if the dogs and other animals are getting confused because they can't see the face anymore. Yeah. I don't know. They definitely respond to whether you smile or not or frown at them. That definitely Mm. makes a difference to them. Yeah, dogs at least. 
don't know if my ferrets care about my facial expressions but yeah i'd have to do an experiment with that one too <laughs> yeah yeah they're always busy right they're not not looking you in the eye probably very no long. they haven't got um well, sometimes they've got a very strong attention span when it's something that they shouldn't be doing. But okay. <laughs> the yeah. rest of the time, there's very little attention span. They're always, always busy. Mm. But, um, do you think that, because you work with, with children, you said, mm -hmm. um, it reminded me that here there is, an, in Nijmegen in Holland, there is an organization called Hulphond, which means help dog. Mm. And they are trained to help um, kids with autism and these kinds of things. And I thought that was an amazing organization. I always wanted to, to do an internship there. Mm. And um, but do you have an insight into how profoundly that helps the kids to be around? Dogs, for um, example, or ferrets, for that matter. Well, f some people have um, ferrets as emotional support animals, for sure. Um, I think it's... I, I don't have any scientific backing on this. This is just me thinking. I think mm. animals naturally help people, like <laughs> a mental state. Mm. Um, there are the studies done about how um, patting a dog... Um, or anything else really calms your brain down. Um, mm -hmm. So I think, and also if they have an emotional attachment to the animal, it's comforting having that animal there with them, even though it's not logical that the animal can help in a horrible situation, but it's mm -hmm. um, an illogical, I guess, response that it's comforting to have them there. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, because for children with autism, it's... Um, quite stressful in the world quite often so yeah because nothing really makes sense to them they don't understand the rules of what's happening and yeah often they have trouble communicating so having a dog is just or any other pet with them is just extremely comforting and yeah they can feel the love radiating off their pet i think as well like Yes, I can imagine. I, I have ADHD and mm -hmm. it's a little close to the spectrum of autism. I can definitely relate to that. I mean, I think I, at least I feel like I experience more joy when I'm around animals mm. than most people. Maybe that sounds odd, but that's my <laughs> feeling. I think um, that's usual. That, I yeah. don't know why, but I think humans are wired to love animals and in some way even yeah. if even if they don't love animals love animals they enjoy looking at nature that involves animals so yes um like they might not want a dog in their house but they find it amusing to watch monkeys on tv or something so yeah that's possible <laughs> but i yeah. really find it interesting or important to drive a message home like i said that these animals are not just second-rate people like that that mm -hmm. always annoyed me and it's it's obviously not true like you can already see it that um dogs can can smell infinitely better than us they have a whole world <laughs> of experience that we don't have mm. um, even though i think we we as humans also are very sensitive to certain molecules when it comes to smell but mm. generally speaking they are better better at it yeah. And also orca whales, for example, I think they have um, a lot of their brain dedicated to empathy, to understanding their, their pack. I don't know if, if, it's, mm. if, it's, if you call it a pack in, with orcas, but that's amazing. They, they're not, they're not um, per se uh, inferior to us. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, oh, no, no, I was going to say something and I've forgotten it. Um, Mm. Mm. it'll come back I guess and then it'll be gone but <laughs> the episode will be over it's typical of me um yeah animals relate. not being second rate uh I remember now it was that I think that's a sort of a traditional belief that came from many centuries of people being told that God had put people above animals so that yeah 
very um, annoying. Yeah. They are a resource for us. Um, yes. And yeah, I'm making no comment on that, but um, I believe that's why yeah. um, it's taken so long for people to understand. And uh, apparently Pythagoras or his followers also believed that animals had emotions. And that was a very long time ago. So, oh. you know, it obviously got lost the information, but um, yeah, I didn't know as, that, a, no. as a general belief, it got lost yeah. on the way. Yeah. It's interesting to see how, because I like history quite a bit too. So looking at how people treated their pets a hundred years ago compared to how they treat them now. And um, oh yeah. 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 Are there, do you have like salient insights about that? <laughs> oh, just, um, oh, that, like how they treated dogs, for example. Um, going back to dogs, because I mean, I know my podcast isn't about dogs, but it's easier for yeah. in terms of pets. Um, there were these dogs which were spit dogs, they were called, and their whole existence was to sit in a um like a wheel and turn the spit on the meat for the meat in the um in the fire and that was their entire purpose and then when ovens were invented the species of i mean the breed of spit dogs died out but they died like within five years of life because they would be having smoke inhalation and exhaustion um and Apparently when it was um, on a Sunday or something, um, the dog was taken with the family to church to sit on their feet to keep them warm. And so, for goodness oh, sake. so that's their only purpose in life is a tool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was the 1700s, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And then pets started becoming more popular. But, I mean, people had have had pets for forever, mm-hmm. I think. But um, I don't know. It's just the difference in how. Um, yeah. Yeah, as understanding has improved in terms of science of food and all sorts. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, sorry, I'm not really being very, um, very uh, insightful here with this information. But it, it just interests me looking at the the past of pets so yeah i think yeah and what you said is definitely an indication that there is a sensitization do you say that mm-hmm. a, a process of that going on i think that german philosopher also said that that it's, it's a general thing that that happens throughout our culture that we get more and more sensitized towards these issues and he said you also wrote a book called um tiere essen which means eating animals mm-hmm. and he says that we will look back at this um, mass slaughter of, of, of pigs and, and cows almost with the same horror we look back at other atrocities in history and yeah. our kids will ask us you, you, you ate animals like they won't believe it and, it's yeah. likely um, now we've got other options I mean um, yeah. Yeah. At the moment, I don't think we're quite there yet, but um, I'm interested to know about cloning meat. As soon as that happens, yeah. I'm switching over to that. But <laughs> yeah, I thought of that. Yeah. Right. Mm. That sounds very useful. Like, I don't mean cloning a whole cow and then killing that cow. I mean, separate chunks of meat by themselves with no yeah. brain. <laughs> mm, exactly. Yeah. I heard that, of that sounds too. good. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. what you said is definitely true. With um, I also don't, I I don't, I make no judgments about Christianity, but um, it's, it's just a fact true. that that's what was told. Yes, like, and it's also yeah. true that um, there's definitely the idea in Christianity that humans are special, very obviously. Uh, mm as opposed to so there's a um a categorical difference made at least implicitly between uh humans and animals whereas philosophers like peter singer would say you would have to make that a dimensional difference 
like we are on one dimension and we should mm. treat each other accordingly so that I, that's i think something you can definitely say about christianity with without judging the overall belief system it's just a fact that that's what was said in the past yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. mm, that reminded me of our indigenous people here that they lived alongside the animals i mean they ate the animals but they didn't believe that they were above the animals um yeah so yeah exactly um also the, the i think that's um, a good way to live yes the the um what were they the uh, i don't know what the political correct yeah sure politically correct term is for the people who lived in the usa before it was the usa yeah but mm -hmm. that's exactly the mindset they had right that that, that they were had a tremendous respect for for the animals they mm. they hunted and i think from what i've seen of research like very long ago research is that um european neanderthals and early cave people and that kind of people also believed that they weren't above the animals um they based mm. it on the artwork that they did on cave yeah. walls oh, and wow. things. That, yeah. that they also lived alongside the animals and didn't believe that they were superior they just were like an animal themselves yeah. i guess um yes which we are um, but <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think it has a lot to do also with by the way that's really interesting how they would ex extract that meaning from paintings like that would be interesting to me yeah it's how, um, apparently how they drew it um yeah i'm not quite sure how to explain like mm -hmm. exactly what they discovered but i just remember that was the outcome of their research mm. Mm -hmm. yeah uh, i'm thinking that a lot of um the, the idea that we are above animals i think has to do with uh the way we abstract things and we rationalize things and mm. the, this level of um yeah cognition that is uh isolated from our intuition and our emotion and that just logically one argument follows the other and mm. is based on evidence which is not complete of course but this idea of rationalizing and mm -hmm. I think humans are capable of terrible things when they start to rationalize and to that we I think we can basically switch off our empathy. Yeah, um, we can by rationalizing. Mm -hmm. You just have to look at the Nazis and that kind mm -hmm. of crap. Sorry for swearing. That's but all right. That that that's what. Yeah, that one definitely. Yeah, the rationalizing is scary mm. streak. Uh, Less, yeah. it's scary what people can rationalize um i mean this is a silly example um but it's like what what the group of humans wants to believe they can prove with anything like they'll find proof for yeah. it um but a really silly old example was that um um in christianity you'd eat fish on a friday and they said that um, I think it was beavers were fish because they were in the water. Oh, I think it was also ducks or something as well that were also classed as fish because okay. that way, like, it would get around the only eating fish. So mm -hmm. they're like, well, it swims, it counts as a fish. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, All right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's just a silly point, but um yeah yeah you can oh. it's but it makes the point well i think so it, it is deriving mm. nonsense conclusions from what you want uh, insufficient data yeah or what you want yeah or you, mm. you like you said it's a i think it's called the confirming bias oh yeah there that we, we have a we have an assumption or a premise and then we try to we but we filter out everything um that is in accordance with this bias <clears throat> mm. yeah. yeah i mean i know we're about to finish this episode yeah. but um i find that is quite common with um pet ownership and good pet care practices like they'll say well i don't want to let my 
pet out of its cage. So I'm going to find all this evidence that says that it's fine to leave them in their cage all day. And, you know, it's fine. All these other people say it's fine. And it's like, well, they're all idiots, but like, yeah. 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 It's the same thing. It reminds me terribly of a German politician called Helmut Schmidt. He was a former chancellor and very well respected. And he used to smoke all day, like two packets or three packets. Oh my God. And he didn't, wouldn't do one interview without smoking. And he would, yeah, basically, there's even a book about him, which is called Zigarettengespräche. I think oh. a journalist just talking to him for the duration of a cigarette every Friday <laughs> or something. So he's a cigarette man. Yeah. And people always, people who smoke, even teachers at my school said, like, yeah, but Helmut Schmidt, he also is 90 years old and he smoked like tons and tons of cigarettes uh, evidence so, therefore mm-hmm. yeah and this is a teacher like this is not a this is an, <laughs> someone who learned has learned about how to use or has learned how to use data and to mm-hmm. put them in relation so that's astounding yeah hmm. well i'd like to end on a, a positive note here so i just wanted to yeah. ask have you heard that elephants think that humans are cute. Oh, that sounds spectacular. <laughs> yeah, they did They did tests and apparently elephants look at us and they think we're cute, so. Um, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I would be curious how they found that out. I don't yeah. know, but I think it's like something to do with where the brain lights up. Like our brains light up when we see a yeah. baby animal or a baby human, I guess, or um a cartoon that's cute and then they did it to them and they're like humans are yeah. cute so um yeah really that's cool a funny emotion that <laughs> yeah so that's nice that they think we're cute it's, yeah <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> i like that any last thoughts um well not of my cuff not that will be short (laughs) no but i i want to say i I definitely uh enjoyed the conversation i think it's a great cause yeah it's a great idea anything about pets and animals is always fascinating i always think if you give um pets as animals a stage like i think ricky gervais said that too we can speak we have to speak for them because they we can't they can't speak for themselves that's true that's a cool idea yeah Yeah, and i think i've got a few ideas from this episode too so we need to make ferrets super cute for people to yeah yeah that's cool to agree with me (laughs) great well thank you so much i'm uh, see you around the internet (laughs) Yeah, see you. Have a good day. Bye. I really enjoyed that random conversation. Um, So that was with Killian from Germany, currently in Holland. Um, And we had a little discussion afterwards and we found out that um, the number of emotions that the guy said in the book was six basic emotions though some scientists believe it's 27. Um, Panksepp, the man we were talking about, um, believes that there's seven basic emotional systems, but some have two divisions or types, so you end up with nine to 12. So Killian just wanted to clear that up with you guys. So some of the emotions are lust, play, anger slash rage, seeking slash curiosity, care, panic slash sadness, fear. And he thinks that there's one or two that um, there are some doubts about. Um, Yes, and also he has decided that yes, he's going to do his podcast and it's going to be called Random Killy and it's going to to be an interview style show. So look him up. Um, Hopefully it will be out soon (laughs) and best of luck to him. So I just want to remind you to come check out my membership program where I have lots of value to give you to help you, um, especially new ferret owners, learn more about ferrets and help get yourself set up.
So come on over to the Facebook group. Just search Stolen Our Hearts group and you'll find us. I'll talk to you next week when I'll be having a chat about rescue ferrets. 